Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, a voice in the wilderness, a thought-provoking broadcast in a world of ignorant nonsense. But some people without brains do an awful lot of talking. Don't they? Yes, I guess you're right. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. And welcome to the broadcast. Good to be back with you. Hope all is well in your world. If you listen to this program on a regular basis, one of the things I've communicated to you, certainly in recent years, is the reality that our freedoms are under assault, not just from our government, but by big business. This is happening with our foundational constitutional freedoms. And we've seen this in a couple of major areas. One of them is with guns, the Second Amendment, the other with the First Amendment. And this is very convoluted. You know how this works. We're at a point now where government does not have to circumvent our rights directly. They don't. But what they can do is make very important strategic partnerships with big businesses, like big tech, for instance, and big banks, for instance, and get them to do their bidding. And you get the same result without the government having its fingerprints on anything. I've reflected a lot about this in the past few days, about one of the sad ironies of what's happening with our country. We, unfortunately, have companies that are willing to destroy the goose that laid the golden egg. Because they fail to see the big picture. Either they fail to see the big picture, or their intentions are to fully embrace the progressive agenda and destroy our constitutional foundations. Now, the answers to this particular question, they will be different based on what company it is. Let me give you a fresh example. Breitbart's reporting, beginning next month, Discover will become the first credit card issuer to track gun purchases made by their cardholders. It was back in September. Breitbart News noted Visa caved to pressure from gun control groups and New York Democrats, agreeing to flag gun and ammo purchases via a new sales categorization. The Associated Press observed that MasterCard and other major credit cards also agreed to flag gun sales. March 2nd, 
2023. Mark this date down. The Independent Journal Review reported Discover will be among the first credit card companies to track gun sales. The company will begin doing so in April. Anyone using a Discover card to make a purchase in a gun store will have that purchase tracked beginning in April. What is the scope of this? We have over 55 million Discover cards in usage. So a lot of information on gun purchases can be gathered just through that one company. Think about it. We're a country of, what, 350 million? 55 million Discover cards in usage. Reuters pointed out Discover Financial Services was ahead of Visa and MasterCard in February 2023, noting Discover would allow its network to track purchases at gun retailers come April, making it the first among its peers to publicly give a date for moving ahead with the initiative, which is aimed at helping authorities probe gun-related crimes. Discover told Reuters, we remain focused on continuing to protect and support lawful purchases on our network while protecting the privacy of cardholders. By the way, this is not an American thing. And I'm sure this is not going to shock you. <laughs> the code for tracking gun purchases was approved by, wait for it, the International Organization for Standardization, which is the ISO, this was approved back in September. And an ISO representative indicated the decision to use the new merchant category code is eventually left up to the users in the industry. So again, this is not so much an American thing. This is international. Now, I know there are some who might think, you know, what's the big deal? They might raise this question. What is the big deal? Who cares? This is just a step. Once you start tracking, this opens the door for abuse. This is not complicated at all. But I thought you should be aware of this change. <laughs> On the text line, this texture says, Vince, screw the credit cards, screw the company, just pay cash for guns and ammo. There will be a lot more of that. If you want your business to be your business and nobody else's, that's what's going to have to happen. But as you know, that's the other angle of this. The goal is also to get rid of cash so they can track everything. That's the goal for control. See, you don't track simply to track for tracking purposes. Now, they can tell you there's a law enforcement or security or safety or terrorism or whatever angle. They can tell you that all day. And I don't doubt that there is some legitimate argument there. 
But I guarantee it won't be the only thing it's used for. This texter saying this is the day Discover went bankrupt. I wouldn't bet on it. What we've seen, whether it's the mask mandates or so many other things, most people tend to comply. Most people are very passive, and they will let people continue to do whatever. There might be some complaining, but after a while, people will settle in and realize this is the new reality, just like we've done with the Patriot Act and plenty of other things government has done. Love to get your thoughts on this and much more. Yesterday, you heard the emotional testimony of Rebecca Kiesling. You know the one who lost two of her sons to fentanyl? Wait until you hear your president talking about this. This man is a reprobate. I don't mind saying it. He's a reprobate and he is mentally not in a position to be president of the United States. We'll talk about this much more as we continue our Thursday broadcast. Stay with us. If you would like to join the conversation, the GS Plumbing Talk Line, 800-928-1110. 800-928-1110. Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. So I've talked about the assault that we are receiving in this country right now from the illicit relationship between big government and big business. I cannot help but to remember the message that I shared with you, and maybe I'll play this again soon. Do you remember Nigel Farage speaking at CPAC several years ago? I think it was around 2015 or so, or 16. And he was talking about the unit party in the United Kingdom and how it doesn't matter whether it's the Tory party the Liberal Party. He said, you know, it's it's a uniparty. They're doing the same things. It's an illicit relationship between big government and big business. He hit it right on the head because the same thing's happening here in this country. This is why you can have a change of administrations and you have pretty much nothing changes. At the start of this broadcast, I was telling you how, yet again, we have big business beginning to get its nose under the tent on the Second Amendment. For years, we've seen and we've shared stories with you about some of these credit card companies basically distancing themselves away from gun dealers and things of this nature happening. See, again, you don't have to ban guns. All you have to do is create a corporate atmosphere where nobody will fund these folks. And then big government gets its way. <laughs> Over on the text line, looks like there's going to be a lot of prepaid Visa card purchases. <laughs> Vince, I don't recall an election 
for international standards. Isn't this interesting? And of course there's not an election for international standards. Because these folks, these elitists, and I don't mind calling them that, they make their plans on how they're going to further corral you and corral me. That's how this works. Also on this overall woke theme, this texture says, My wife and I were discussing Disney this morning. Frozen 3. Expected out in the near future. Apparently the main character, Elsa, will be portrayed as a lesbian. I have no issue with lesbians. However, I do not want this constant LGBTQ agenda pushed down my children's throats. So they will not be watching Frozen 3, which is a sad, sad state of affairs. I feel you on this. You know, the more I look at this, and I, I think I said this on a recent program here, the ostensibly what a lot of these adults are telling you is, well, there are young people who may be wrestling with these issues, and we need to affirm them as young as possible. Heck, if they're going to try to affirm people into having their bodies mutilated as children, they're certainly not going to think anything about mutilating their minds at an early age and getting to them with messages related to sexuality as children. I want you to understand this is not about them. It's not about children. This is about the adults. The adults wanting to create the kind of world that affirms their behavior. I've said this before. This is a form of extortion. Relational extortion. So the goal here is to extort an identity out of you. I don't mind saying this again and again and again. No matter what you are, whether it's racial, cultural, sexual, you need to be able to stand on the merits of who you are, the content of your character. That's what matters to me. You should not need my affirmation. Now, I will absolutely affirm you as a human being and engage you and love you as a human being. But I have no obligation to affirm your identity. That is something entirely different. And if you're not secure in that, and you have to force other people to embrace your identity, whatever that is, that's your problem, not mine. And I'm convinced that's what adults are doing. They're looking for affirmation, even to the point of trying to get it out of children, which is why I find this whole drag sh- drag show reading um, at libraries stuff so egregious. Please tell me, explain to me in what universe does it make sense to expose children to that? It's not for them, it's for you. There's something really screwed up about this. It's just, that's for the adults. It's not for the children. You cannot make a legitimate case to me as to why a child should be exposed to a man dressed up and acting like a woman. Or vice versa. Kind of probably preaching to the choir for the most part here. On the Discover issue, 
Disappearance of cash not only is it the goal, but it's inevitable. Why would our evil government give up the single best way to control every aspect of the citizens' lives? Yeah. Take discovered ATM, withdraw cash, go buy gun. Yeah, that's going to happen a lot. Vince, I'm glad I've already got my guns. I guess I'll have to pay cash for my ammo. This person just puts, very emphatically, violation of privacy. If you pay cash for guns and ammo, remember to not use any loyalty rewards cards to get discounts. That card number traces back to the buyer as well. Vince, are you saying big tech companies and credit card companies become the proxies of big government? Shocking. <laughs> Folks, get your cash, purchase your guns and ammunition while you still can. Do it before Big Brother gets a stronghold. I believe you know what GNA stands for. Yes, guns and ammo. We get it. Vince, love your show. I've been a happy Discover card user for many years. I'll wait for the NRA's take on Discover's plans to track guns and ammo purchases. If NRA recommends boycotting, I'll quickly cancel my card. I recently canceled my AT&T Universal card because of the AT&T DirecTV cancellation of Newsmax. Go woke, go broke. We are powerful when we vote with our dollars. Thanks for the info and keep up the good work. Younger generations, below 40, busy living, not in tune to what's happening. Also, the educational system has brainwashed people, the younger people, to accept it. Exactly as planned by the deep state, of course. Just a sampling of some of the items here on the text line. And some of you are eager to talk about this. We will get to your phone calls coming up after this break. Still to come, despicable comments from your president about a woman who is grieving the loss of her sons that much more as we continue to stay with us whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about Kaskali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you is the Vince Coakley radio program. If you'd like to join the conversation, call Vince on the GS Plumbing talk line at 800-928-1110. That's 800-928-1110. Or text the Common Sense Retirement Planning text line at 71307. Now back to Vince. And let's go out to a call here in the Queen City of Charlotte. And Jim, good morning, Jim. Welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Vince. Yeah, Farage, I can tell you why he said uniparty. I've made the same comment on your program previously. If you look at the federal budget and just about every state in the country's budget, 70, 80 percent of their budgets, their annual budgets are made up of basically three programs. Social Security retirement, public education and health care, Medicare, Medicaid. And until, and that's true in this country now, we're up to 70 to 80%. It could be even higher than that in many states if you throw in all the public universities. Until that changes, Vince, we have nothing but uniparty here. You know, Biden tried to hit Republicans this past election cycle about doing away with Social Security, privatizing it, and all that. And the Republicans immediately came back and countered it. No, we're not going to touch your Social Security. Well, Vince, I'm, I've been six years into seven years into Social Security now. 
I got a I got a nine percent raise with my January check. Nine percent. Okay? Eight point seven exactly. Nine percent, Vince. You think anybody out there, your granny, your grand, your aunt, your older aunt, is gonna say no to that? No. <laughs> they're not going to. Because the the the, the mice are being fed again. They're not gonna <laughs> say no until the currency's destroyed and the country's destroyed. Then maybe they'll say no. So but getting back to this thing about tracking and the banks, uh, Vince, one of the things I really dislike when I pull up, you know, your portal on your, your computer, and I prefer a laptop or desktop, not these little rinky-dink phones we looked at all day, you'll notice in the ads, Vince, that you'll see different uh, races presented in the marital scene. The couple sitting on their sofa looking at their statements, sipping coffee, you know, such a you know pleasant utopian life. But invariably, their skin tones have changed, their hair colors have changed, and you can tell what they're doing. They're trying to add their approval of interracial this and interracial that. I'm not against any human being doing whatever they want with another human being, irregardless of their race. But I don't want to have to be forced to look at it every time I want to access my bank account. Why should I be forced to look at that? And, and lately, and lately, Vince, to take it another step, they're even showing what obviously is a gay scene, a gay individual or a gay couple doing their little business in their banking scene when you open the portal to get ready to go into your checking account. I know what they're, the message they're trying to send, but I'm not, ne- I'm not necessarily I want, sure I want to see it every time I go there. I understand where you're coming from, and, you know, I uh, recognize your sensibilities and your tastes and that sort of thing, and I and I, um, I think you understand what all of this is about, and it has to be understood in this context. For businesses, this is about one color, and you know what it is, don't you? Green. Money. Yes. M-O-N-E-Y. Yes, yes. Yes, yes, and, and a uniparty going forward. And, it's, and- it's power and money. I heard the comment made recently, Vince, that we don't make, we don't build anything in America anymore. I disagree with that. We're building all the homogenization in our society that we can build right now. That's what we're building. Uh, and and I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm seventy, almost, I'm approaching seventy-seven years old. I'm not sure I want to be in this America anymore. That's all well, I got to say today, Vince. I think a lot of people have that same concern, Jim, and what we are observing let's go out to a call from stan in fort mill good morning stan hi vance how are you doing all right sir well when he brought up social security a minute ago i I have had conversations with several senior citizen friends and this immediate family members lately and they look at if as if they're owed social security because it's their own money they don't see themselves as what they really are as created wards of the state and here's, here's what I mean by that. <clears throat> it is not your money. They took your money and gave it to someone else when you paid it in. Now they are giving you the money they collect. So if you're on Social Security, here's your situation. You pay not 7.65%, but 15.3% of your income, your whole working life from the time you start at 16 to 18 years old. And then all you get is a government promise that when you get there 65, 70 years from now, that they will go and collect it from those currently working. 
And if they ruin that economy with high taxes, that will be impossible. So does everybody want to pay that much of their working life into a government promise? In the free market, that would never fly. Yep, you're exactly right. And what's happened is you've got all these people locked in. And you tell me what you think about this, whether I'm on the right track with this or not. I would love for us to make a a date certain here and say, okay, here we are. Let's say 2024, Social Security is done. And And please understand that's not the end of what I'm saying here. Let's fund, because the money's gone anyway, right? Right. Let's continue to fund everybody who's in the system. But from right. now forward, this will be yours, the way it was supposed to be in the first place. It's yeah. your account, and you can transfer it to a relative or anybody else you want. It's your account, and we cannot touch it. That's the way this needs to be. Right. You know, we need to... to if, if we don't do that, the date will come on its own. Oh, I'm with you. I am fully with you. And you, as man. you've described here, appreciate your call, Stan. Nobody wants to talk about this, the dirty secret that, uh, and you know, what they're doing is kicking the can down the road because when this thing blows up, they won't be around to worry about it. So they're going to demagogue and demagogue and demagogue and demagogue. And, you know, this next generation is going to have to resolve this thing. I'm especially concerned when we have a culture of life that has been undermined. And I mean, I've been listening. Do you, how do you do you find yourself on social media watching some of these items that are uh, that are put up? Ben Shapiro, that guy's just brilliant. And some of these conversations I've seen he's had on college campuses of these kids who are saying, well, you know, that's really not a life in the womb. You know, a life, you know, requires, you know, the ability to reason and all these other things. And I'm, you know, and Ben's response is, well, how about an older person who loses their ability to reason and engage in consciousness and all, you know, can we just kill them? I'm serious. I think we're getting to the point where we're going to have a lot of, you know, especially selfish people, self-centered people. Um, I think we are getting to the point where we're just going to let people die if we allow this culture of death to take over. And I think there will be people who will, who will sell the financial benefits of that, like not having to pay for somebody's Social Security and Medicare. Just saying. Stay with us. Well, we've kind of swerved into an interesting conversation this morning about Social Security and big government. And because of my generosity, I'll let Robert weigh in on this issue as well. Good morning from Charlotte. Robert, Good morning, Vince. I appreciate you taking my phone call. I'm a little bit confused about that uh, one gentleman that was calling in saying that the folks on uh, Social Security now are not owed that money. Um, and the reason I'm confused is because, is uh, yes, we did pay into the system. Now, Social Security, mathematically, I understand the mathematics on all of this. It's almost like a Ponzi scheme. Uh, if well, you there's no almost to it. <laughs> 
<laughs> it's a legalized Ponzi scheme, right? Know, and all that. Um, but and I get all that, but uh, it's too much of a political football, though. Uh, so security is so I don't see them doing away with it. But uh, uh, you know, I'll state the obvious though uh, to get on to another subject. Uh, our, our country in our world is a complete mess, and I pray for these young kids uh, that are coming up uh, now. Um, it's just uh, it's, and I do see um, back to the whole banking thing. Uh, I see, and I totally agree with you, I think the goal here is to go to a, a, a monetary system where there is no cash at all in our society, where they can track every movement that we make um, through credit card purchases and things of that nature. And uh, um, it's it's a mess. And Vince, I always uh, enjoy listening to your show, and I appreciate uh, your viewpoints on all this stuff. You have a wonderful day. Hey, you as well, Robert. I so appreciate your call. Really appreciate that, and you know what? What is really intriguing about this? Again, I think this is another one of those issues where there are so many people out there who I would say would be in agreement about you. You could forget about government if you could just for maybe for a week find five hundred and thirty-five random people to come together and talk about these issues, and you're tasked with okay. This is this is your task. You've got to find a solution to the Social Security issue. I'm betting those 535 people would come up with something. I'm betting they would. And it would sound a lot like the conversations we've been having this morning. I'm convinced of it. But the politicians, what is the incentive to touch it? Because you're going to be demonized if you want to provide a real solution. That's the reality. I want to uh, update you on a developing news story this morning. As you know, we've been following periodically what is going on in the sprawling metropolis of Walterboro, South Carolina, the site of the Alex Murdoch trial that is in its final stages. The defense is now presenting its closing arguments. I thought it might be interesting just to listen in on some of their presentation. And they're basically trying to make the case now that Alex was not lying to cover up the murders. He was lying, but not to cover up murders. Uh, Let's listen in for a bit and hear what's going on with the defense case. It's going to be continued previously. Did he go murder anybody, you know, to get out from under those prior hearings? No. This had nothing to do with it. And, you know, so they, they brought the plaintiff's lawyer in. He was, he's an excellent lawyer. He's, you know, like any plaintiff's lawyer. I'm going to clean his clock. I'm going to take everything he's got. That's what they all say. So then we had to bring the defense lawyer in to say that was a negligent parenting case and it wasn't worth the paper it was written on. I mean, folks, that's what... That's what we are in a murder case, and that's what we're having to deal with, because that is their theory of motive. But even if, it's, even if the financial day of reckoning was impending, if it was right there, Alec would not have killed the people he loved the most in the world. There's no evidence that he would do that. We do have evidence of what he would do and did do. And if you'll pull up 
Defense Exhibit 125, which is in evidence. On September 2nd, 3rd, 4th, I forget the days, this is the Labor Day weekend. He gets his drug dealer, Curtis Eddie Smith, to shoot him in the head. So he couldn't go on. Because it was all going to come crashing down, and he had a big life insurance policy. So when Alex is at financial collapse, he doesn't go kill somebody else. He tries to end it himself. This is a natural response. You don't want anybody to do it. But this... Again, this is the... Uh Closing arguments being presented now by Murdoch's, his uh, legal team, as we near the end of the Alex Murdoch murder trial, accused of killing his wife and son. We'll continue to follow this story much more. Hour number two is straight ahead, right here. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. From the heart of the Carolinas, aiming the cannon of truth at strongholds of stupidity. Who, who are black people supposed to call? Ghostbusters? So we need to stop that beef on or embolish the cops crap. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Welcome to hour number two of our broadcast. Glad you are with us. On yesterday's program... You heard the very emotional testimony of Rebecca Kiesling. She shared something really powerful. In fact, I think it's worth listening to again. Chris, do you still happen to have that? Happen to have that audio? Um, I'll call for it in just a moment. There's don't don't rush, but um, uh, and perhaps for those of you who were not listening yesterday, we told you about Rebecca. Kiesling. She testified before the House about how the fentanyl epidemic claimed the life of her two sons. Two. Two sons. They're very young. Caleb and Kyler. And what ended up happening? These children thought they were taking Percocet pills. Turns out they were not Percocet pills. They were fentanyl. I think it's important to hear this again and to play this in a juxtaposition with what you're going to hear from your president. Because to me, it's further evidence this man has no business being anywhere near the White House. This man should not even be sweeping the floors in the White House, much less sitting in the Oval Office. Let's listen again to Rebecca Kiesling and her testimony before the House. If we had Chinese troops lining up along our southern border with weapons aimed at our people, with weapons of mass destruction aimed at our cities, you damn well know you would do something about it. We have a weather balloon from China going across our country. Nobody died, and everybody's freaking out about it. 
but 100,000 die every year and nothing's being done. Not enough is being done. Numbers are going up, not down. And you talk about children being taken away from their parents. My children were taken away from me. A hundred thousand Americans every year are having their children, 200,000 because it's both parents, right? Are having their children taken away from them. This should not be politicized. It's not about race. Fentanyl doesn't care about race. You see, you talk about welcoming those crossing our border, seeking protection. You're welcoming drug dealers across our border. You're giving them protection. You're not protecting our children. I'm in support groups on Facebook with there's thousands of parents who have lost their children. Every day, faces are added. It's dehumanizing. It's demoralizing. Hmm. I've heard this several times. It still gets to me to hear this. And again, what's the human reaction when I listen to this? It's empathy. It's what can we do to address the situation at our border? How can I help you so that you do not feel like your sons were lost in vain? That's what I'd be asking. I'm not even president, but that's what's going through my heart and mind. Breitbart reports on criticism President Joe Biden is receiving after his reaction to the mother who lost her two sons to fentanyl. So you've heard what Ms. Kiesling had to say. I want you to listen to what came out of the mouth of your president. Listen up. She, she was very specific recently saying that a mom, a poor mother who lost two kids to fentanyl, that, that I killed her sons. Well, the interesting thing is that fentanyl they took came during the last administration. <laughs> <laughs> Do you hear anything to laugh about at all? That's just creepy. I mean, to call this inappropriate, I mean, that's a profound understatement. Now, one of the elements of this, and you know this administration is very good at demonizing people, especially folks that happen to disagree with this administration. They were talking about Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene, who really did drive this home and pin the blame on Joe Biden's government. This government's failed you. It's failing American families. It's failing, most of all, it's failing our children and our young people. She said, listen, this mother who lost two children to fentanyl poisoning, tell the truth about both of her son's murders because of the Biden administration's refusal to secure our border and stop the cartels from murdering Americans every day by Chinese fentanyl. And Biden's reaction, I think, in the kindest way, is to laugh and make fun of Marjorie Taylor Greene. But that's not what I pick up here. I pick up a dismissal 
of the gravity of the loss of this crying mother, this mourning mother. Whatever you think of Marjorie Taylor Greene, how dare you find any humor in any of this? It's not funny on any level. And to be so lame as to take this personally, see, you've made this about you. And, and I've said this before, and for those of you who think somehow I've let Joe Biden off the hook after all of my criticism of the narcissism of Donald Trump, I think I've said this before, but let me repeat it for those of you who may not have heard this. Joe Biden is every bit as divisive in the way that he engages the American people. Except he has a different delivery. Donald Trump is loud, he's brash, he's obnoxious. Joe Biden has this grandfatherly air about him. And for the mainstream news media, they allow him to get away with horrible stuff. Like this. They ought to be all over this, but they won't be. You know as well as I do. Speaking about Joe Biden, we've got a news story about Joe Biden. It's a new poll by Yahoo and YouGov. And I think it ties into what I just communicated to you. And what you heard out of Joe Biden's own mouth. See, because I think part of what you heard... Part of what you heard was just arrogant, just being an ass Joe Biden. The other part of what you heard, I think, is somebody who does not have a filter that a normal, younger person without mental issues would have. I think that's what's going on here. I think this is a product of mental issues, fading cognitive ability. We're going to talk about this and a poll about what Americans think about that as we continue. On the Vince Coakley radio program, we were talking about the fentanyl crisis earlier and President Joe Biden's response to a grieving mother. Let's go out to the sprawling metropolis of Midland, North Carolina. And Tommy, good morning, Tommy. Uh, good morning, Vince. Thanks for taking my call. I was listening to this yesterday, and it's uh, finally getting some airplay on this fentanyl crisis. Thank you so much for bringing attention to it. Uh, you always ask your callers, what would you do? How would you fix a problem? So I'm going to throw out how I would fix a problem, and maybe you'll take uh, take this uh, 
serious or, or take my advice on what can be done. Uh, I think the first thing we did, need to do is quit playing politics with it. That first thing that Joe Biden did was he pivoted to politics and who was responsible for having being accountable and being the president that he should have been at the time. Uh, so I think we need to handle this similarly the way CNN and MSNBC handled the COVID crisis. We need to put death tolls on the screen uh, of a news ticker, and we need to keep account, and people can see how serious this problem is. Uh, uh, and it's not to make it political against Joe Biden, but uh, I don't think a lot of people realize how serious a problem the fentanyl crisis is in America. I mean, we're losing 100,000 young males every year in this country. These are people that we need in our workforce uh, uh, to take jobs uh, that, that are needed out here. Uh, these are people we need that, uh, out working in our society to, to make products made in America. These are people we need uh, that, that pay into our Social Security system for the future and to pay taxes to keep our country up and going. Uh, I think that we need to draw attention to this crisis. This is one way we can draw attention and get politicians to realize this is not political, but this is a serious issue that we need to secure our border and, uh, and take this as a medical emergency in America. I'm fully with you, Tommy. I very much appreciate your call. Uh, Tommy's suggesting, hey, put a ticker on and show, you know, these are how many deaths we have thus far based on what is going on with our current border situation. And again, I guarantee you, forget about political labels, bring people into a room, bring 535 random people into a room. I guarantee you they would not be doing what this government is doing right now. I'm serious. I guarantee you. They would be looking to figure out, okay, what's going on? And I think one of the solutions to this was discussed just a few days ago. Wasn't it the new uh, candidate for president, Vivek? Remember him? Vivek Ramaswamy? Talking about, hey, Let's tell the Mexican government, you get these cartels under control in your country, or we're going to send our military in to do it. I know that's pretty racy. But it's a solution. If we're going to use our military and our military assets, why not use them to protect Americans rather than simply Ukrainians? I mean, I think that's pretty logical. So, I told you one of the issues I think is in play with the inappropriate reaction of Joe Biden to this issue. I think part of this is this grip that I believe Joe Biden is losing on reality. I believe that he is losing cognitive ability. And interestingly enough, Breitbart has a story about a YouGov Yahoo poll that was published on Tuesday. Are you ready to hear the results? And again, forget about politics. Let's look at the numbers for America and Americans. More than three in four Americans concerned about the health and mental acuity of President Joe Biden to varying degrees. A plurality of Americans, 39%, are very concerned about his health and mental acuity. Another 21 are somewhat worried 
17% are slightly concerned. That's a pretty big number, don't you think? Now, I think my math is good here, and I add 39 and 21, and you have 50% concerned on some level. And then you throw in slightly concerned, you have 67%. My goodness. These worries are held among 82% of the independents sampled in the poll. 82%. Only 23% of Americans have no concerns about Biden's cognitive faculties or health. The poll asked respondents if they view the 46th president to be competent. A plurality of 49% of Americans believe he lacks competence versus just 35% who believe he is capable of successfully doing the job. By the way, his approval rating stands at 41%. Quite pathetic. He stated he intends to run for president again in 2024, but he's not made that official announcement yet. Now, the latest word, we're hearing there may be an April campaign launch. So what do you think about Joe Biden's mental acuity? Are you confident? I, and forget about Republicans. I'm curious about Democrats. If you're a Democrat, call in. Tell me how confident you are in his cognitive ability. I think that's very, very important. Good morning, Vince. Since Fitnil is responsible for the deaths of so many people, shouldn't it be classified as a weapon of mass destruction? If it is, doesn't that elevate it to a status the military can get involved and protect our borders? Have a great day. <laughs> this person says Joe Biden should be punched in his mouth. Boy. Vince, did that woman herself ever blame Biden personally? Or is he responding to MTG? I think the it seems like he's blaming, blaming MTG, blaming her. He's responding to her. What I'm saying, it's entirely inappropriate. Still, no matter, it doesn't matter who he's directing this to. You don't make a reference like this to a grieving woman and throw blame. Shift responsibility away from yourself. You know, how about just commenting about, hey, this is what we're doing now. Alan of, out of Gastonia, may God have mercy on him and all those who support him. Amen to that. Vince Biden can't be anything more than he is. He's a low-breed, mafia-tough tough guy wannabe. Corrupt, phony, no redeeming value whatsoever. Wow. Vince, wasn't compassion and empathy the reason Mr. Magoon was elected? <laughs> He'd be like a doting grandfather, always displaying anything but. Laughing at the expense of a mother who just lost her kids? What a total ass yeah Biden has lost two children I believe he ought to be even more sympathetic hello this protector says I think Mr. Biden was referring to Marjorie Taylor Greene and I suspect he probably was but it doesn't matter the context of this you don't put laughter anywhere near a reference to a grieving mother. 
Period. That's the point I'm making. It doesn't matter who you're responding to. Quite unfortunate. This person saying, Biden just lost the right to mention Hunter ever again. Oh boy. Just a sampling of some of the perspectives here on the text line. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. you are with us wanted to get your thoughts on something really interesting that is happening I I told you I've been really conflicted about this entire matter regarding Ukraine and on one hand I'm very much a person who believes that there is a tremendous threat that we face from Russia do you see their breathing threatenings now against Poland? I think the threat is very real. This really kind of indicates that what we are observing is a new phase of the Cold War. That's the reality. So on the one hand, I recognize the Russian threat. On the other hand, I also and very much of the belief that we have overextended and we need to get back to more of a mindset where we are minding our own business. It's really not complicated. Mind our own business. Take care of America and Americans first. However, we do have this place as being leaders of the free world. What, what does this mean? we got to define this at some point. Define who we are. What is our role in this world? And make a determination. Just putting that out there. We're going to talk about this as we continue our broadcast this morning. Because I'm a generous guy. One more person wanted to weigh in on this Rebecca Kiesling story. Uh, and that is Ryan here in Charlotte. Good morning, Ryan. Welcome to the broadcast. How's it going, Vince? All right, sir. I, you know, I just listened to the clip, and you know, she out and out accused Joe Biden of killing her sons. Do you that's think she really? A, do you think she's really saying that? She. That's what she said. Joe Biden killed my son. Oh, she actually. So there's actually audio of her. 
making that definitive statement? No, that's well, according to the clip that you guys played, Joe Biden said this woman said Joe Biden killed my son. Yeah, I I think she was okay. Joe Biden was saying that Marjorie Taylor Greene actually she's the one who drove that point home. And I think he's kind of attacking her uh, and then laughing about it. But y'all are making the comment or you are some of your listeners have said so that he was it was wrong for him to to make that little chuckle at the end. Well, you Absolutely. know what? Absolutely. That 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 comment didn't des- really didn't deserve any kind of a response because it was ludicrous but the fact is exactly. a fact, and that was her statement was more political than his in my opinion because she knows darn well that joe biden didn't kill her son and here's what here's where i but here's the important thing that i, that I think needs to be emphasized ryan if you're president of the united states and i think you hit it on the head earlier just don't say anything leave it alone you're better than this that, and that's I, and I, and I think, true. but I do believe it was important for him to point out that the drugs that her sons apparently took, and it's horrible that that happened, right, was, was on somebody else's watch. So he got blamed for something that was that in no way did he have any responsibility for. And that, see, on that point, I I understand where you're coming from, and there's that's a legitimate point that can be made. But laughter should be nowhere associated with this. Can we agree on that? There's there's really nothing funny here at all. I agree with that, but I also don't really think that that was a belly laugh. It was, it was, I'll agree, it was. You know, Ryan, what it says to me is cold. That's what it says to me. This is about political calculations. See, this is, and this is the problem, Ryan. That no matter what, there's a defensiveness here that is uh, just entirely inappropriate for a president of the United States. But I do appreciate your call. I wanted to give you the opportunity to share your perspective. Oh, my goodness. Some of you are already brutal towards Ryan. There's no need for that. Let's quickly get to this. United States and NATO were warned by Russia on Thursday. Today, they face catastrophic consequences if they pursue further involvement in the Ukraine war. The Russian foreign minister told the conference on disarmament in Geneva, the most acute strategic threat is posed now by the U.S. and NATO policy aimed at further fomenting the conflict in and around Ukraine. Their growing involvement in an armed confrontation is fraught with a direct military clash of nuclear powers with catastrophic consequences. They're again threatening some sort of nuclear response here. AFP reports Russia's diplomatic representative spoke for a largely empty chamber, with many Western diplomats gathering instead for a nearby photo op in front of a mural painted in the blue and yellow of the Ukrainian flag during his scheduled speaking time. Ukraine's ambassador saying, we consider this an extraordinary show of solidarity with the Ukrainian people resist an unprovoked and unjustified Russia's aggression. Hmm. What do you think about this? How seriously do we take this? These threats coming out of Russia. Breitbart has a really funny item. But it, there's there's really, you know, the, the thing that makes Babylon Bee 
so powerful is it's <laughs> there's an element of truth in it. To save time, Treasury Secretary Yellen gives Zelensky a key to the U.S. Treasury. To avoid any future delays in sending billions of taxpayer dollars and deadly weapons to Ukraine, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has decided to make things easier and give President Zelensky the key to the U.S. Treasury. It's simpler this way. Now Mr. Zelensky can let himself in whatever he wants, help himself to whatever he needs. As a government official, I want to help the government be as efficient as possible. This removes all those unnecessary steps that come between Ukraine wanting money and them getting it. I'm a genius! Zelensky, dear, you just take whatever you need, sweetie. <laughs> this is supposedly Janet Yellen. Sources say Zelensky has already let himself in the massive, highly secure vault three times daily, helping himself to wheelbarrows full of coins, gold bullion, and Ashley Biden's diary. We thank the American government for the lovely gift of their citizens' money. We promise to put this to good use by killing many Russians and buying lots of cocaine. God bless America. At publishing time, Zelensky had already made a return trip after blowing all the cash from his first three trips. Wow. This is something that packs quite a punch. Stay with us. Back on the Vince Coakley Radio Program, I shared that item from Babylon B. Jeff, a little concerned here. Vince, no joke. I sincerely thought that article you shared was serious until you brought up Ashley Biden's diary and cocaine. I thought I was about to become a mailman and go postal. <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's crazy, isn't it? Absolutely crazy. This person saying... On the Ukraine issue, it's easy to understand if you appreciate this is the Cuban Missile Crisis, and we are playing the opposite role this time. Hmm. The invasion of Iraq created more terrorists, gave Putin more assurance to do whatever. Therefore, both Democrats and Republicans are to blame for instability on international war politics. Now Ukraine is paying the price of its freedom. Hmm. Let us see. Time for us to take a look at the day in history. Total of nine items here. How are you doing today, Chris? I have an attitude of gratitude. How are you doing, Dustin? So that's wonderful. And maybe that'll rub off on me today, because I probably need that. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> we begin with the first question, 1836. <laughs> this huge, huge state... Declared Texas. its ind- Wow. Declared its independence, and you're right, it is Texas. 1836 what? was the year. And they uh, still want it, I think. Uh, yeah, still fighting for it, as we all are. 1903, this is a hotel named after the first first lady. Opened in D.C., the first exclusively for women. Oh. What's the name of this hotel? Uh, I, I, something Washington, the Marshall Washington House, Martha Washington Hotel. You're right. Oh, okay, very good. Exclusively for women. 1917. Uh, this island 
The people on this island became American citizens, and they were immediately pressed into military service. Um, in fact, there are some still trying to get this island to become a state. Puerto Rico? Puerto Rico is correct. I was going to say Guam, but I went with, went with my gut there. All right. 1923, we keep moving. This dictator in Italy decided, hey, women have the right to vote, just not yet. Mussolini. Mussolini is correct. 1935, this guy, this character, I should say, debuted in a cartoon cartoon called I Haven't Got a Hat. But that's all, folks. Uh, Mel Tillis. No, uh, Porky Pig. Porky Porky Pig. Yeah, there you go. Mel Tillis has stutter. I did a pretty good impersonation. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember remember Mamel. Mamel Tillis. (laughs) Yep. 1943. Believe it or not, I played country music years ago, so go ahead and laugh at me. I believe it. Go ahead and laugh at me. Uh, I won't. (laughs) That's cool. Keep in mind, this was wartime. The Royal Air Force bombed the heck out of this city, the capital city of the country, causing problems. 900 tons of bombs in 30 minutes. What city do you think they were bombing? London? No, the the Royal Air Force was doing the bombing. Yes. Oh, dear. Uh, They bombed what was the country causing us all the problems in 1943? uh, I I guess they bombed Berlin. Berlin. You're absolutely correct, as you have this perfect streak going. 1962, can you keep it going? Mm. This very tall guy scored 100 points in a single game against... The New York Knicks. The Wilt Chamberlain. He Wilt kept Chamberlain. scoring after that, from what I understand. <laughs> I was going to say something like that in case you didn't get it, yeah. and I didn't need to. You, you scored had, more than 100 points. You had to go there, didn't you? <laughs> uh, 1973, federal forces surrounded this particular place in South Dakota, occupied by a radical Native American group. Do you know what this area was called? You're going to have to tell me. I saw this. It's Wounded Knee. Wounded Knee, South Dakota. Um, And 74 is the very last one. I know you'll get this. A D.C. grand jury said this president was indeed involved in the Watergate cover-up. Richard Milhouse Nixon. Yeah, it was definitely uh, Mr. Nixon, also known as Tricky Dick. Yep. So, all right. Are you hungry? I'm getting there. How about this? German ice cream parlor offers cricket-favored scoops. They've expanded their menu with a skin-crawling offering, cricket-flavored scoops with dried brown crickets on top. What do you think? This unusual confection available (laughs) at this store in southern Germany in the town of Rottenburg. Um, This guy has a habit of creating flavors that are far outside typical preferences for strawberry, chocolate, banana, or vanilla. I think I prefer those. In the past, he's offered liver sausage and gorgonzola cheese ice cream. That sounds worse than the bugs. I mean, yeah, I I don't know. You got to, yeah. No thank you on the bugs. I'll get my protein elsewhere. Hold the bugs on my ice cream. <laughs> so disgusting. Where do, people, where do people get these crazy ideas? Hold the bugs. Oh, gosh. Hey, as always, Chris, have a great day. And to all of you, thanks very much for joining us. Lord willing, we're back tomorrow at the same time. Adios. God bless. This is the Vince Coakley Radio Program.